And the reading is taken from 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 10 to 17. And it can be found on page 1196. 3 Timothy, verse 10. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you very much, Sarah, and thank you to Jonathan for shutting the screen so I can see you all. I'm sure that's a benefit. Um, so it's Bible Sunday today, and to start off, before we look into the reading, we're going to watch a short video which is produced by the, the Bible Society, which sets out for us a brief history of the Bible and what it is. You probably know that the Bible is the world's best-selling book. Most people also know that the Bible contains the Old and New Testaments. But did you know that it's actually a collection of books and that it's written by 40 different authors over 2,000 years? It includes different genres too, like historical narrative, songs and letters, biographies, legal documents, parables and poetry. Written at the crossroads between East and West, the Bible influences cultures all around the world in advertising, the law, the calendar, language, medicine, education, politics, in fact, everywhere we look. In art, it's long been a rich source of inspiration for musicians, sculptors, and painters. The Bible makes an appearance in some surprising places. Think of movies like Star Wars, The Shawshank Redemption, Magnolia, Pulp Fiction, or 12 Years a Slave. It may not be the Bible as we know it, but they're great Bible stories retold in new creative ways. The Bible has also inspired countless people who shaped our culture. Think of Florence Nightingale, who was the founder of modern nursing and an avid Bible reader. Think of Elizabeth Fry, the 19th century prison reformer who taught convicts in Newgate Prison to read, using a Bible. Likewise, think of Robert Rakes, who opened the first Sunday schools. Within a hundred years, his schools had 1.2 million students and were the first in the English state system. And don't forget William Wilberforce, who encountered Jesus while reading the Bible and was inspired to fight tirelessly against the British slave trade until it was abolished. Wilberforce wanted the Bible to be available for all people everywhere in their own language, so he helped found Bible Society. He also co-founded the RSPCA, the first animal welfare charity in the world. In more recent times, someone like Archbishop Desmond Tutu was inspired by the Bible to fight apartheid in South Africa. 
Others, like Archbishop Oscar Romero of El Salvador or Martin Luther King in the United States, were motivated by biblical ideas of equality and justice to fight for economic justice for the poor and racial equality for African Americans. It was King who famously quoted from the book of Amos in his I Have a Dream speech, saying, We'll not be satisfied till justice rolls like the waters. We will not be satisfied till righteousness rolls like a mighty stream. So what do all these people have in common? They all loved the Bible and knew that its message could have a great impact on their society. At Bible Society, we think that the Bible is still good for society, so we're advocating for the place of the Bible in public life. How could the Bible change your society? So that's a great synopsis of what the Bible is and what it has meant to people down through the centuries. Um, Today, though, we're going to focus on why reading the Bible is still such a crucial part of being a follower of Jesus. We're going to look at what the Bible says about itself. We're going to pull out some good advice from the reading we had. And then we're going to look at some of the best ways for us individually to get stuck into the Bible. And it's not going to take nearly as long as it sounds, so relax. So the key verse from our reading is verse 16. Firstly, it says that all Scripture is God-breathed. Other translations of the Bible say God-inspired. But what that means is that this is God's word to us. God's voice coming to us through different people over different, in different time periods that he inspired to write. So the point is that it's truth. It, this can be trusted, this word that we've got. And it still continues to be relevant today. Now that doesn't mean that it sometimes needs some interpretation and some context. Because the people who wrote it, as we've seen over many hundreds of years, lived in very different contexts to us. So sometimes it's important to look at when it was written and why it was written. But the essential truths that it contains still hold firm today. That doesn't change whatever time it is you're living in. Now, the verse also says that all Scripture is useful to us. Not just some of it. Now, the context here for this passage that we've had read to us is that at that point that it was written, there was no New Testament. So the Scripture that Paul is referring to are the Hebrew Scriptures, our Old Testament but I know that for many of us, the Old Testament is often the bit we avoid. It's great for stories for children, people getting swallowed by big fish and people escaping from lion's dens and people killing giants and all sorts of stuff. It's great for that. And we're really blessed that we've got the New Testament because it's full of eyewitness accounts of the life of Christ. And it's full of writings by Paul and Peter and John and others who really give us good teaching but the Old Testament is just as important. And here's why. Because when we read the Old Testament, we read the whole of the Bible, we realise that God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit have been active in history right from the start. They are invested in us. God is invested in you. We also start to understand the pain he suffered when it all went so horribly wrong back in Genesis. 
when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sin entered the world. But as we read, we start to see that even at that point, so Genesis 3, three chapters into the Bible, verse 15, his rescue plan is starting to unfold. It talks about crushing the head of the serpent. Now, the serpent was Satan. So even at this point, when it's only just gone wrong, God is saying, I've got a plan. I'm going to work this out. And as we journey through the pages of the Old Testament, we meet very ordinary human beings who God used in extraordinary ways. They messed up time and time again. You read about some of them like David, Jonah, people who really got it wrong big time. But God kept using them. They were ordinary people, but God was invested in them. And perhaps the most important thing we learn from reading the Bible, all of the Bible, is that we see that God always, always keeps his promises. He's always faithful, regardless of how many times his chosen people messed up and they did it big style, time and time again. He was always faithful to them. And that's important. Now, admittedly, some bits of the Old Testament are a bit hard to understand. I think I've lost count of the times that I've uh, tried to read the Bible through from Genesis. And I've got as far as about Leviticus 3 and got stuck and thought, really? What am I doing? Some of it can seem very alien to us. Some of it can just seem pointless. You know, we, see, we read about rules and regulations which have no meaning to us in 21st century Britain. But that's when we need to stop and remember that all scripture is God-breathed, God-inspired. And we need to start to see scripture as one big narrative, one big story. And that God's salvation plan, his plan for people, is going right the way through scripture. Not just the bits that we like and we like to pick out. And if we start to think like that, then we don't get bogged down in some of the detail that we can find a bit confusing. And also, I think it's fair to say that for some of us, well, for all of us, there will be bits we just never really fully understand. And that's because we're not God. And that's okay. God understands it. Mark Twain came up with a great quote, which we've, we've had before. Um, he said, it's not the parts of the Bible I can't understand that bother me. It's the bits I do understand. And I am with him 100%. The bits that I do understand and that I'm growing to know more about are challenging enough, quite frankly, on a day-to-day -day basis. So today's reading comes from Paul's second letter to this man called Timothy. It's the second of what we call the pastoral letters. So basically, these are letters of advice to a friend. So who was this Timothy then? Well, from what we understand, he was a young man, and he'd been a fellow traveler with Paul, um, someone... Paul regarded as a son, he'd invested time in Timothy. And Timothy had obviously seen Paul at work, he'd shared some adventures with him, um, he was accustomed to Paul's way of life, and he was aware, becoming aware, because of what Paul had taught him, that being a follower of Jesus wasn't necessarily a very easy ride. So there were words like endurance, suffering, persecution mentioned. They're not comfortable words. So this isn't just a lovey-dovey, you're doing okay letter. This is, this is what you're facing, you might face. 
But notice how Paul also shared his teaching and faith and purpose with Timothy. And he did it with love and with patience. So in today's language, basically Paul was mentoring Timothy. He was living his life with him, alongside him, even from a distance, writing letters to him, sharing life, warts and all. Showing him what it meant and what it looked like to be a follower of Jesus at that point in history. And he's writing to encourage Timothy to keep going, not to give up. Now what's fascinating really is that Timothy is encouraged to continue putting into practice what he's already learned from the scriptures. I wonder what we would say to a fairly new Christian or to someone who just started coming to Alpha or someone was interested perhaps in, in why you were a Christian. What advice might we give them? Well, we might say, come to church or keep coming to church or pray or keep praying. Join a small group. Do the living free course or read your Bible. And I, I hope that we would do all of those things and probably lots more. You've probably got loads of ideas that you'd say to people. But for Paul here, the most important thing for Timothy to do was to continue in what he had learnt. So in other words, he already had a good knowledge of scripture that he was building on. Why is it so important then for him to keep reading and keep doing what the Bible said? Well, because we've already said, all scripture is God-breathed or inspired by God. So scripture is God's word to us. It's his instruction manual for us. So if we want to follow God, we need to read the instruction manual. Now I don't know about you, but if you've ever bought a new gadget for home and you don't read the instruction manual, and I'm not looking at the men in particular, then sometimes it doesn't go well, does it? Sometimes things happen that you would really rather didn't happen. And we need to read God's instruction manual for us to stand a chance of things going a bit better. Why does this matter so much? Well, because as servants of God, i.e. Christians, we need to be thoroughly equipped for the good work that he wants us to do. Paul lists the ways that scripture can help us. He talks about it teaching us, rebuking us when we get it wrong correcting us, sort of guiding us onto the right path and training us in righteousness and that's holy living, becoming more like Jesus really. And he points Timothy to the fact that he's known scripture since infancy, so since he was a very small boy and that he trusts the people who taught him and so therefore it makes sense to keep following that advice. And I think here it's really important to be grateful. I'm very grateful that I had parents who read the Bible um, and that I learned to read the Bible at a young age. If you're here and you've got small children, I know it can be a pain and I know they don't always want to engage, but it's so worthwhile getting it into them right from when they're tiny um, just so they start to absorb it. We need to be thankful if we've had that kind of um, upbringing ourselves. And Paul uses a lovely phrase here from, about Scripture being able to make you wise for salvation. Now, he doesn't say that reading the Bible alone is what gives you salvation or makes you a Christian. But it's the wisdom that is contained within Scripture that points you towards Jesus. 
It's all about Jesus because he's the one who made salvation possible. And he reminds Timothy too that there are plenty of people who don't follow the advice in scripture and they get it wrong. And Christians aren't immune from that. It's very easy to go off slightly on a tangent. And the problem with tangents is that the angle gets wider and wider, doesn't it, the further away you get. So in summary, Scripture had underpinned Timothy's life. He had a deep knowledge of God because he'd read Scripture or had it read to him since he was a very small child. He'd been taught well by people he trusted. And it was lovely to hear the Davises' um, kids talking about um, how much they'd appreciated the youth groups and so on. So it's up to Timothy now to keep going, to keep studying, keep reading, keep learning, keep obeying, so that he could be prepared for the work that God was calling him to do, because it was going to be different to Paul, but the principles still remained the same. And you can almost hear Paul's pride in his adopted son. This passage has the feeling of a really loving father, just wanted to encourage a much-loved child to keep going. And if we start to see scripture as that, as God our Father's message to us, his loved children, that will help us to want to get into it more. This is his letter to us, his words to us, because he loves us and he wants to invest in us. So I wonder what it is that underpins our lives. We all know that the world around us is influenced by so much that is not at all godly. We live in a culture that is dominated by money, by celebrity, politics, the need for approval, reliance on self, self-help books. If you go into Waterstones or look on Amazon for self-help books, there's just myriads of them. Self-knowledge is all about knowing yourself and selfishness. And Christians aren't immune from any of these things, are they? And they're not all wrong. There's nothing wrong inherently with money or politics. But we can get caught, caught up in this cultural vortex that surrounds us. And often it's just so much easier to go with the flow than to stop and say, actually, I follow a different set of rules, a different set of values. I belong to someone different. So let's go back to the video that we um, saw at the beginning. Think about some of the people mentioned there. It was William Wilberforce who was really instrumental in abolishing slavery at that time. Now, of course, sadly, we're all too aware that there's human trafficking and stuff like that going on still today. So there's still a lot that needs to be done. But he was uh, a, a torchbearer for that back in his day. Florence Nightingale who um, started the concept, modern-day concept, of nursing. She's the rather scary one at the top. Um, but anyway, she had the, um, the insight about not going from bed to bed without washing your hands so that infection didn't spread. And she also um, really cared for the soldiers during the Crimean War. There was Elizabeth Fry, who was hugely instrumental in prison reform. And we were hearing from Linda last week about the prison work and prison fellowship and things like that started because people like Elizabeth Fry were prepared to stand up and do something about it. And in our own lifetimes, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who has done so much 
to heal the wounds caused by apartheid in South Africa. And he set up the Truth and Reconciliation Council where people could come and they could confess and they could receive forgiveness and reconciliation began. And that society is starting to recover. So all these people and many, many more throughout history were inspired by their knowledge of scripture and they had the guts and the determination to put what they learned into practice. It wasn't just head knowledge and especially in the fight against injustice. So I guess the challenge for us today is is twofold. How well do we really know the word of God and how are we going to allow what it says to shape our lives? So firstly, reading the Bible can seem really daunting. It's quite a big book, isn't it? I mean, this one's got thin pages, but it's still a big book. And if you're new to it, or if you're not really a reader, it can feel really daunting. So I've produced a resource sheet, which you can have on the way out if you would like one. And it's got different ideas about how to get into the Bible um, for different age groups. And I'm just going to I've highlight a, a couple um, for now. First of all, you may or may not be aware that we have something called the Levington Christian Resource Centre, which is down on the Radford Road at the bottom end of town. Now, that's a great place to go into and have a look at the different Bibles that they've got, at the different Bible reading notes, at the books there are. They've got loads of stuff in there. Sometimes, you know, it's so much easier to decide what you like and what's going to suit you if you actually get a look at it and hold it and feel it. Amazon's great, but you can't feel it before it comes. But, you know, and if you ask some questions as well, then they will answer your questions and they can order stuff for you if they haven't got it in stock then. They're really helpful down there, so go and have a look. The second thing is that you can ask other people how they read the Bible, what helps them, and which version helps them most. There are different versions of the Bible, different translations. Here at St. Paul's, we use the NIV, the UK version. Sorry to the Americans present, but we have got the U's in the right place. Um, but I went at home and I counted up all the different versions of the Bible I've got in my study. Now, I'm training to be a vicar, so that's my excuse. Um, but I had nine different versions of the Bible, um, and that doesn't include the Bible in a year that you can get compilations. Now, if you go into Jonathan's study, I expect he can out-geek me any day. So, um, you know, but there are lots to choose from. And it might be that one suits you better than another. But if you struggle to read, or you just don't enjoy reading, then there are um, resources out there that you can listen to the Bible too. So lots of you already know this, but on smartphones, you can get the YouVersion Bible app on Apple and Android, and it has many um, audio versions of the Bible on there. So I now know, because we bought a sort of new-to-us car earlier in the year, that you can Bluetooth now, I've got all the lingo and everything, you can Bluetooth and you can you could get the Bible as you're driving around, think of that. Or if you're on a daily commute on the train, you can have it in your headphones. Lots of options are available. But I've also included on the resource sheet ideas to help children to help you um, bring up your own children to read the Bible and engage with scripture. The scripture Union is particularly good, the website. 
um, and they've got ideas and they've got parental guidance. But there's a lot on the resource sheet for you to have a look at. I particularly recommend VeggieTales DVDs. They are superb. Um, there's one called The Pirates Who Don't Know... Yeah, The Pirates Who Don't Do Anything. It's just a fabulous song. But um, anyway, that aside. But reading or listening to the Bible is only the start, isn't it? It's what we do with what we learn that matters. Now, very few of us are going to end up as another Florence Nightingale or Desmond Tutu. But we've got the same Bible that inspired them. It's the same God. And we can all make a difference within the situations where we live and work. So I guess my challenge to us today is how is the word of God changing us? How thoroughly are we equipped for every good work? How can our growing knowledge of the Bible, and it may just be a tiny little bit at the moment, change the atmosphere in our workplaces or our homes or change ourselves? How can we become game changers in the areas in which we live and work? How can we ground ourselves more and more in God's word? Think of the difference it would make if each person in this room today really started digging down into the Bible, listening to what God says through it, listening to the prompts of the Holy Spirit, and allowing him to guide us to change the situations in which we live, change ourselves, change others pointing people to Jesus, because that's the point of this book. This whole narrative from Genesis through to Revelation, it's all about Jesus. He's the one that matters. He's the one that we need to be pointing people to. Think what hope we can bring people if we start reading and applying what we've learned. So as we come to an end, I'm just going to ask you to stand, if you will, please. And in the silence, just for a minute or so, what I'd like you to ask, what I'd like us all to ask ourselves is, what are we going to commit to do from today, Bible Sunday 2018, to make what we've been listening to now possible? What are we going to do to be game changers for God? God, our Father, we thank you so much that you are invested in each one of us individually. You love us passionately and you care about us. We thank you for your word to us, the scriptures that we've got. Thank you that we have it available in so many different versions, translations. Thank you that we have the freedom in this country to read it whenever and wherever we like. Lord, I pray now that you would help each of us to put a marker in the sand today as to how we're going to treat your word, what we're going to learn from it, how we're going to allow you to interact with us 
so that we can become game changers and lead people to a faith and a living hope in Jesus Christ. In your name. Amen.